theyeshiva.net. We're in the middle of the Maimer, Hasam Nafshenu Bachayim, Belenosam Amait Raglenu, Shabbos Parshas Kairach, Gimel Tamos, Tavshin Yud Ches. We're in the middle of Siv Dalit. We learned in the previous year that the separation between the higher water and the lower water represents not just a physical development in creation. However, one explains the this concept that there is a heaven, there is a firmament that separates the water in Parshas Bereshis. When in all the research on the various planets, you know, I remember a few years ago they discovered water on Mars. <laughs> they discovered water on Mars. Asimchen <laughs> shtetl in the big shtetl, not just in the little shtetl. Asimchen in the cosmos. There's water on Mars. Is that the water meaurakia? The water under the heaven. We know the water under the heaven. <laughs> you go to the ocean. That's the water mitaches lerakia. But spiritually, the the separation was a a dramatic shift in all of existence. From Sunday to Monday, everything changed. Because the shift is that there are now two definitions of pleasure. Water is associated with deep pleasure, delight, ecstasy. Prior to this split, if Hashem wouldn't have split the waters into two, if there would be no rakia hamavdil, a firmament that separates, there would be one definition of pleasure. Only one. What would be the one definition of pleasure? The def- only definition of pleasure would be Dveikus with the Ein Dveikus with the Ein Sof. That's the definition of pleasure. Is there another definition of pleasure? <laughs> Oneness with infinite truth. That's, ple- that's pleasure. That's the source of pleasure. He's the source of pleasure. It's the source of all goodness. The source of all pleasure. Association with that is the deepest pleasure, the time. Why is it that if I go over to somebody in the street and I say, tell me what pleasure is, many people won't answer that. (laughs) How many people will tell you that's a definition of pleasure? Why is it? Because of Monday. You could blame Monday. There's not one definition. There's two definitions of pleasure. There's Mayim Malyoinim and there's Mayim Tachtoinim. Mayim Malyoinim means there's a a, a, a deeper definition of pleasure. And Mayim Tachtoinim means there is a lowly definition of pleasure. What he calls here, Tanugim Ruchnim and Tanugim Gashmim. Tanugim Ruchnim is Mayim Alyoinim, meaning the Tainug that comes from Bittel, from Dveikos, and then there's Tainug Gashmi, which is the Tainug that is just about so many things seem appealing and attractive and very, very pleasurable within our world, within our material world. And sometimes that pleasure actually comes from a distortion. That pleasure can take me away more from my harmony, more from my truth, more from my oneness, 
it becomes a substitute of the genuine Tainuk that promotes my oneness and promotes my connection and alignment with who I really am, which is a fragment of infinity. And the Zohar tells us that the lower waters were crying. What's the objective? The objective is that these Mayim Tachtoinim should experience a craving, a thirst for realignment. And this thirst and craving causes them to become even deeper and greater than they were before the Yerid. Because the pining, the Tzabalachanavshi, the Nechzavagamkalsanavshi, this creates even a deeper aliyah a deeper ascent and sublimation of these Mayim Tachtonim. And that's, that was the uniqueness of Tuesday. Tuesday, we say twice Kitoiv, including once for Monday. Why? If Monday was so not positive, as the Medrash says, Machloikas was introduced on Monday. So what happens on Tuesday? That suddenly Monday gets a Kitoiv? The answer is Tuesday reframes Monday. And the moment you reframe Monday, now it's good. When Monday is existing in a vacuum, there's just a split. Tainog, that's associated with MS, with truth. And Tainog, that's false. It's superficial. It's transient. I can get caught up in it. I can even become addicted to it. But uh, some of you know about these, we all know about these Tainogim very well. It's very promising. It's very appealing, right? How does Tainog work (laughs) If you just eat this 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 piece of steak, if you just <laughs> take this slice of pizza, piece of cake, if you just go to this website, if you just you know do this one gamble, if you just take this drink, or whatever it is, there's plenty plenty of examples. We don't have to get here very graphic and detailed. Everybody can apply it to their own lives. It promises me pisim and ramses. This will save my life. It's going to give me so much pleasure, so much goodness, so much sweetness. Yeah, bupkis. <laughs> Turns out to be bupkis, garnishment garnished. Why? Because of this havdalah. This is the dramatic separation of ma'im al-yayinim, ma'im tachtayinim. It has its own definition. Pleasure has a new definition. The definition could be tachtan. That was the machlaikas of Monday. There's two definitions to how to live. What does it mean a good life? What does it mean a good life? There's a split. You could look at it from the perspective of Mayim al and you could look at the perspective of Mayim But all of us are part. We have both waters in us. On Tuesday, you reframe the Monday. Suddenly, Tuesday, what happened Tuesday? Tuesday, dry land emerged. In other words, the planet became a place that is conducive for human habituation, for the human to dwell there. Once Tuesday emerges, it reframes Monday because what does the avoida of a person accomplish? To be myla, to elevate the mayim tachtoinim to a place that is even deeper than the mayim elyonim. Because on Tuesday you have the, the potential for the avoida of the person. <coughs> and what does that do? The human approach to mayim tachtoinim is ultimately to be able to bring them back to their source and with even greater alacrity and vigor because of the distance, because of the frustration, because of the loneliness, because of the alienation, 
because of the struggle, suddenly Monday becomes Toif. Based on this, we understand what happened with Kairach. Kairach wanted Machlaikas. What's what he wanted Machlaikas? He wanted the Machlaikas of Monday. Kairach felt, you know why God separated the two waters? Because the Mayim Tachtainim are actually on their own superior to the Mayim Ayayinim. Shoyer Shagashmias is Gavoyim Shoyer The root of the physical, the root, the source, the divine source of the physical, in some ways, is deeper than the divine source for the spiritual. Through physicality, Kairach understood the truth. You touch something in Hashem that you can't touch in Ruchnes. He gave one example. There's many different explanations for an example. What does it mean? is higher than There's something that's expressed, that's manifested, something divine about the physical that is deeper than the spiritual. He says the shayrish. Shayrish means in its root, in its core, in its origin. Of course, gashmius is lower than ruchnius. Ruchnius means it's reflective of the divine. Gashmius is not. But because of that itself, the shayrish of Gashmias is deeper than the shayrish of Ruchnias. You have to, you have to really tune into this. This is, uh, this is serious stuff. <laughs> this is not the superficial entertaining material. And he gave one example from Torah, the Balatanya says, that there's Magadlu Masacha, and Marabu Masach. Magadlu Masach refers to the higher worlds, the spiritual universes. Marabu Masach refers to the physical worlds where there is endless diversity. And this represents the true, ultimate perfection of infinity that even though he's one, he contains within himself infinite diversity. From him come infinite diversity. That's the uniqueness they only have in the physical world. From oneness... Oneness, echad yachidu meyuchot, and yet you have so many diverse details that you don't see in Eilam Asal Yainim. In Eilam Asal Yainim, there is a oneness, there is a harmony. That's what Elyon means. Elyon means it's, they're all defined by harmony because they sense their association with the divine. So there's oneness. You don't see differences, you don't see diversity. You can't see diversity, it's all Hashem Echad. What do we have in this world? In this world, we have ribu pratim, endless diversity. And yet, it all comes from echad, yachad. This is one manifestation of the shayrish of Gashmi's being deeper than the shayrish of Ruchmi's. Because this phenomenon that the one should produce so many diverse Pratim represents the, the, the truth of the Ein Saif, where the infinity is manifested in infinite diversity. And he's one, it's all one. So Kairach believes and Kairach feels that that is the reason that the Mayim Tachtainim was separated. And here he develops a new approach to life. What's the new approach to life? We explain that Aaron is chesed. Kairach is gvura. 
usually Gvura ought to be an extension of Chesed. It ought to be subservient to Chesed. For example, in the home, discipline, structure, boundaries are critical. If not, you have anarchy, anarchy, and complete a complete breakdown of, of dignity. But the structures always have to be an extension of love. It's because you want a deeper connection. It's not because you want to disconnect. So the gvura is subservient to chesed. In a person's life, you must have structures. You have to have boundaries. But the boundaries, even in a marriage, it's critical to have boundaries between a husband and a wife. There's you and there's me. But even the boundaries, what's their purpose? Their purpose is to come closer, not to come further. So gvura is supposed to be subservient to chesed. We said that kairach fought the authority of Aaron. Yeah. Like Moshe told it, it's not enough you're a levy, you have to be a kayan too. Because Kairach felt that Gvura has to supplant chesed. Gvura has to reign supreme. What's the, what, what's the meaning of this? What's the meaning of this? So the Rebbe is explaining as follows. Why do the lower waters cry, we want to be in front of the king? Because they feel the gewaldike beauty and truth of Mayim al of the, the Gilu of Elikus. The Mayim Tachtoinim are frustrated by their distance. They are searching for the revelation of godliness, which is always associated with Chesed. Because the difference of Chesed and Gvur is Gvur, you hold back, you conceal, and Chesed is you project, you express. All Gvur is associated with a certain form of withdrawal, holding back, containment. Gvura is containment. Chesed is benevolence. There is a lot of giving, there is sharing, there is connection. What is this in the divine? Chesed is the revelation of infinity. Gvura is the containment of infinity. In the physical world, you have Gvura, you have the containment of godliness, the concealment of godliness. In the higher worlds, you have chesed, the revelation of godliness. When the lower worlds feel and sense their distance, their gvuriness, they strive and they cry. Because they feel the tremendous virtue and truthfulness in the chesed, in the mayim al So the mayim tachtoinim, which lack a manifestation of oneness, want to leave their own identity, and go back to the Mayim al That's all pre-Kairach. What does Kairach say? Kairach says, no, there's no need to cry. <laughs> the Mayim Tachtoinim are perfect. Let's see, let's see further inside. <clears throat> We're in the middle of Siv Dalet. We're in the middle of Siv Dalet. And uh, one, two, three, four. We'll start from the words... The Kivan around one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I don't know, around like eight or nine lines of the Siv Dalit. The Kivan Shahgiluyim and Beikibailum is Salyainum. Lachain Mayim Matachtoinum Shainbem Giluyim Roitsim Lotus Mumitsiusim Balalus Lamaila. Mayim Tachtoinum don't have Giluyim. What's Giluyim? Giluyim is they don't have the manifestation, the revelation of the divine energy. So they cry. They want to go back. I want to go back to Mayim Alyainim. It's the frustration, it's the void that the human being experiences from the emptiness of the Mayim Tachtoinim. 
אבל לפי תיאוריה של קודש הכבוני בתנוג עם הגשמים עצמם, שיסגלו במשל של גשמיוס, אני אדרבה, איכן המיילו בצמצומים והגבורות, שמהם אסף מהדברים גשמים. וואו. קודש, לא, אתה לא מבין, אתה קראינג for no reason. מה הם תכתוינים? You're missing the point. Because the kavana is the tanugim agashmim. The kavana is, the ultimate objective is the physical pleasures within themselves. Because, and not because he was a lowlife, not because he was a brute, materialistic, uh, hedonist, and pleasure seeker. No. Kairach was a deep fellow. Because Kairach says, The Shoyrish of Gashmis is deeper than the Shoyrish of Ruchnis. There is something in the physical that you will not find in the spiritual. That's why the Medrash says, Nesava Kedosh Baruch Hu Lees Lidiru B'Tachtoyna. The Medrash Rabba Parshas Nasa. Hashem wanted we should build them a home in the physical world, B'Tachtoyna, not in the spiritual world. Why? Kairach says there's something divine in the physical you will not find in the spiritual. That's Kairach's view. And it's based on a truth that the Shodesh of Gashmis is deeper than Shodesh of Ruchnis. We'll soon see where he's right, where he's 100% right, and where he's 100% wrong. We'll soon see. So Kairach says, you know why there's Mayim Tachtaynim? There's Mayim Tachtaynim because the Kavana is Gashmis for Gashmis in order to reveal the point, the core, and the divinity of all physicality. That's the core. Over there you're going to touch something much deeper. The body will bring you to a place that's much deeper than the soul. Wow. <laughs> the Gashmias will bring you to a place that's deeper than the Ruchnis, but you have to reveal the Shoydish. You have to reveal that it's some, there's something in the, in the divine you're going to touch only in the physical you will not be able to touch in the spiritual. Precisely in the Gashmias. Not because it's crying. What are you crying for? You want to go back to Mayim Malyonim? You're greater than Mayim Malyonim. That was Kairach's perspective. In other words, don't yearn for chesed. Embrace the gvura. Embrace the concealment. Again, the higher worlds are a product of chesed. Yemin, the right hand. Yemin mekarevis, revelation, expression. The lower worlds are a product of what? Shem elikim, gvura. Gvura is tzimtzum. God filters his energy. He conceals it. He... He compresses it. He uh, makes it finite. He contains it, is the word. Containment, that's what Gvur is. That containment of Hashem is what allows physicality to emerge as autonomous, as ungodly, could be unholy. One could walk the face of this planet their entire life and consider themselves an atheist and be considered a very, very respectable citizen, and even a great respectable scientist. <laughs> even though every day in the lab, all you're doing is <laughs> stunning God's mind <laughs> and God's energy. That's what you're doing. And you rely on that because you believe there are laws of nature and you believe that the laws are rational and you expect them to be rational. And your entire life is you're trying to find the system <laughs> You're trying to find the system of something that's supposed to be a random mistake. And of course it's a contradiction by ter- in terms. But you know there are laws of nature, and you know that they're rational, and you know that they're brilliant, and you know that they're consistent, and you know that they're predictable, and you also know that they're universal. 
and you rely on it, and you're trying to figure out exactly the unifying plan and program, even though you're calling yourself an atheist, which means there's no plan, there's no program, there's no rationality. It's just luck. But that's the power of our world, where the divine is completely contained. It's contained. This gvura, this tzimtzum. Kairach says, don't go to the higher places. This is it. The kavana was the tzimtzum. The kavana was the gvura. That's the objective. That's the purpose. You know why? Because sheirish agashmis is deeper than sheirish agashmis. And that could only come from gvura, from tzimtzum. So this is where the main mile is. Why are you crying? You want to be somewhere else? You want to go back to Ruchis? This is where this is where you have much deep, much much more truth, much deeper stuff. Is he right or wrong? Avol Kaidach Tabaza. Kaidach made a mistake. Why? Not because he's wrong. He's not wrong, Rabbi Sa. The Shairish Hagashmis is deeper than the Shairish Haruchnes. The Shairish Haguf, Shairish means the source, the root. Shairish is the root. The Shairish Haguf is deeper than Shairish Hanashama. The ultimate kavan of creation is Dirabitachtaina, the transformation of the physical world. The body holds the score, the divine score. The body has something in it that nothing that that no other higher levels of spirituality have. I once heard from the Rebbe. I think it was Shabbos Mishpatim Tavshin Mem He started to cry. He said over a moira de kavar that he heard from his father-in-law. And he got very, very emotional and he got choked up. He said that the Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe, was the Rebbe Rashab, Reb Shalom Doiv Ber Schneerson. He passed away in 1920, based in 1920. He was a grandson of the Tzamach Tzedek, who was the grandson of the Balatanya. The Rebbe Rashab, the Rebbe said this, the Rebbe Rashab, he said, opened his sleeve. And rolled up the sleeve. He rolled up the sleeve so that his skin, the epidermis, the the hide of his body became visible. And he says, at Ungezeigt, he pointed to his hand to the flesh and he told his son, who would later become the the Rebbe Rayatz, the sixth Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rebbe Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson, who was the father-in-law of the Rebbe, he points to the to the skin of his body and he says, I'll say it in Yiddish, the way I heard it from the Rebbe, he said, he said his first name. He, said, he called him by his first name, Yosef Yitzchak. And he said, Ze vitaye a Yiddish guf is azavdem hadereibishter aruzgi gosen azayfel tayro mitzvahs. Look how precious is the body, the physical body of a Jew, that for this body, Hashem poured out so much of Torah mitzvahs. How many mitzvahs, which represent Hashem's inner will, apply to the body? (laughs) 
and how much Torah applies to the body. Wow! How did this body, mortal, frail, Adam Yisaita Me'afah V'Saifah offer? as the cynics say, it just ends up as fodder for the worms, and it's not cynical, it's true. This body which decomposes and is some worthless little creature that has luck for a couple of years to be able to survive on its 50 trillion cells, and yet... He poured out on it as And you see that Pikoach Nefesh Doiche Kola Besides three mitzvahs, the saving of a body, of a body, just for one day, even for a day, overrides most of the. The Rebbe got very emotional when he told over this Vart that his father in law told him, which he heard from his father. The perspective. So is Kairach right or Kairach wrong? So he says Kairach, Kairach is a thousand percent right and Kairach is also a thousand percent wrong. That's a real Jewish answer. How does it work? So he says Kairach Tavaza. Here we go. Ki agilu yashayrish damayim atachtoinim gashmim atzmam yila asid love. Wow. Kairach is right. Kairach was ahead of his time. When Mashiach comes we will be able to fully access the true divinity in the physicality itself. Not because of the spirituality of it, because the physicality of it. When Mashiach comes, we'll be able to see and access and fully align ourselves with the true shayrish of mayim tachtoinim, of physicality vis-a-vis itself. But the only way to get there is when the Gashmias first experiences the void, the yearning, the aspiration, when the Mayim Tachtoinim are crying, why did you cast us down under, down under, pun intended? Why do we have to be separated from the Mayim Malka. I want to stand in front of the king. I don't want to be sent away. Below the heaven. It's not, it's unfair. My colleague, my brother, my sister, the higher water, he remains in the presence of the Rebbeinah Shalayla. And we, Mayim Tachtoinim, Anan Binin, and Hashem has to appease the water. Don't worry, we're going to use salt on the carbon. Don't worry, we're going to bring water libations every day of Sukkot. Nisuch HaMayim, Ushafta Mayim Besasin, he appeases the water. And don't worry, the joy of Sukkot is going to be greater than the joy a whole year because it's the joy that comes from Tshuva. It's the joy that comes from Yerida. What Yerida, Kairach says, that's not a Yerida, it's an Aliyah. You're lucky. The Rebbe says Kairach is right, but the only way to get to Kairach is if you go through the pre-Messianic process where the Mayim Tachtoinim needs to be in a state of yearning that comes from the void and comes from the frustration. And then, then we have the ability to be able to see the true, authentic divinity and infinity in the Gashmis and the Mayim Tachtoinim. And 
And that's why there's no key for the water separating until Tuesday. Even Monday is wonderful. What did Monday do? Monday separated the water. This means the water came down below because there's a separation. It's not anymore up above, it's below. Isn't that incredible? Because this allowed for the concept of Gashmias. So I want you to understand what the Rebbe is saying here is that Monday allowed for the concept of Gashmis that's divorced from Ruchnias. If there was no Monday, if there was no separation, all there would be Ma'amalyana, which means the only definition of reality would be alignment with divinity. That is called a spiritual life. That is what a spiritual life is. The concept of physicality that you could look at the physical world and see it as an objective in and of itself divorced from any higher meaning, any higher purpose, that happens on Monday. Kairach says, that is incredible, because that actually allows godliness to be manifested within the physical world, and that itself is much deeper than the spiritual worlds. The meaning and purpose that spirituality demands is a very limited form of godliness. <laughs> the real truth exists in Gashmias. And that happened on Monday, because if not for Monday, the Gashmis would have been completely nullified and bottled and subservient to the Ruchnias. So Monday has a great Kitaiv, and yet we don't say Kitaiv on Monday. I, we explain that when Mashiach comes, we're going to see the Mail and the Mayim Tachtoinim themselves. So Monday should be celebrated. He says, that's true, but, 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 we can't say Kitaiv now on that. If you say kitayv on the mayim tachtoinim themselves, that's Kairach's mistake. You can't do that. <laughs> you know why? You're going to get lost in it. You will never get to the Shadrach Hagashmias. You will get caught up in the trap, in the delusion, in the lie of it. At this stage of the game, the objective in the water going down is that they should go back up. <laughs> the objective of the distance is to undo the distance. The objective of the distortion is to be able to search for the innocence that's pre the distortion. The Indians are Nasabayamashlishidafka. And that begins on Tuesday when the avoider of a person becomes possible because of the dry land that emerges on Tuesday. And the human being's avoider with the Mayim Tachtoinim is going to be to cry, I want to go back to the king. The same is true not only in the water, it's true in the whole Welt on Shaung of Kairach. There is chesed and there's gvura. There's gilui and there's tzimtzum. There is divine revelation and divine containment. Says Kairach, divine containment is much deeper than divine revelation. You know that. The divine containment is much more divine than divine revelation. Because divine revelation is always limited based on what the vessel could contain. But divine containment is unlimited. (laughs) Because God is, is concealing himself, so it's unlimited. 
Divine revelation is always about how much you could receive from the revelation. But divine containment is infinite. It's, it's, it's the truth. There's no filters here. Because you see nothing. <laughs> nothing has to fit your vessels because it doesn't have to be revealed. So Tkairach says, Tzimtzum is much more true than Gilui. In other words, Gashmis is much more true than Ruchnis because Gashmis is a product of Tzimtzum and Ruchnis is a product of Gilui. So he says, The Tzimtzum is Galad Aklosid Kairach is right. But the greatness in the Tzimtzum will only be revealed when Mashiach comes. In terms of the objective of the Tzimtzum now, it's only to bring you to a deeper, a deeper revelation. It seems so abstract, so transcendent. Actually, in the next paragraph, the Lubavitcher Rebbe applies this to life. What does this mean in life? What are these two approaches in life? Remember, every single concept here is a living reality re- reflecting a different lifestyle, a different, a different perception in life. So very briefly, what are we saying here? I'm going to ask you to take a look in 34 and 35. Footnotes. 34. Al it says when Mashiach comes, the Balatanya says, Kairach is going to be right. Gvura will prevail over Chesed, and the Halacha will be like Beishamai, not like Beisilo. Fascinating. Beishamai represents Gvura, containment. Basilo represents Chesed. Today the halach is like Basilo. In the future, halach is like Beishamai. Says the Balatanya, this can only happen after the Gvura becomes subservient to the Chesed. After that, when Mashiach comes, the Gvura could now overpower and rise to a place that's beyond Chesed. But if the Gvura is not subservient to the Chesed, the Gvura could never become higher than Chesed. What does this mean? 35. You'll take a look in the Maimra of Koyrech Tafre Shayin Hay, that's 1915, middle of the First World War, by the Rebbe Rashab. The Ta'usr Shal Koyrech Shagvurase Ma'ike, Hoysum Mitzad Zeshat Simtsum Koydim Legili Hakav. Koyrech could make a mistake that Gvura is primary, Gvura is king, because Tsimtsum precedes revelation. It was a mistake. The tzimtzum is for the purpose of revelation. The virtue of tzimtzum in and of itself, that it's deeper than gilui, that will only come out when Mashiach comes. Right now, you've got to be careful with this information because it can wreak havoc. Kairach wanted Mashiach now. Halacha like Beishamai. Gvura is Iker. He made a mistake in his vision. He's right only after the perfection of all the Birurim. 
But now, before the perfection of all the Birunim, from the Gvuras, there can be unholy stuff that come out. The external powers can get their nurture from Gvura, and that's why today Gvura has to be subservient to Chesed. Kairach is right in the ultimate sense that one day, after the Shleimus Habirurim, then Gvura is much higher than Chesed. But now, if you reveal that secret, if you spill those beans, then what's going to happen is, when you give Gvura that power, it can cause negative energy to nurture itself and sustain itself through Gvura. The Gvura has to be subservient to Chesed. What does all this mean? I know that it's, 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 it's very abstract, it's deep. It's not so easy to understand. These are very new concepts for many of us. What does all of this mean? When we speak about Mashiach's coming, it's not just Mashiach comes and there'll be good things in the world. We won't have to pay tuition. Coronavirus will be gone. Everybody who needs a shidduch will have a shidduch. We won't have anxiety. That's all MS. Avada, it's true. But the, as, we, as we're seeing here, and we have seen many times before, the paradigms of existence will change. Even our paradigms in Jewish existence. Whenever somebody tells a new story, it's never simple. If you're repeating the old story, then everything is good. The moment you start telling a new story, you arouse suspicion. Ooh, like some surfaces, what are you telling me a new story for? How do you know how to distinguish if the new story is authentic or the new story is just trying to get rid of the old story? This is not easy to discover. That's why we're very suspicious people. When there's a new story, we want to (laughs) get rid of it. But sometimes there are those few individuals who start telling a new story because God is telling a new story. The process from Golos to Geula is a new story. It's a story we're not used to. We're used to the story of Golos. We're not used to the story of Geula. Listen, we have perfected the story of Golos over 2,000 years. <laughs> That's impressive. Now, if you start telling a new story of Geula, whoa, do me a favor. <laughs> do me a favor. You're confusing me. You know, somebody, the battered woman syndrome, right? I've lived with abuse for 50 years. Now you're telling me a new story. and I'm, I like the old story. I hate the old story, but I like it because it's familiar. It happens to so many of us. We live in a repetitive cycle of addiction or in a repetitive cycle of sabotaging the self or repetitive cycle of depression, repetitive cycle of, of bad moods, of anger, a repetitive cycle of deep, confusion and uncertainty, and I want to stay there, not because it's good, but because it's better than anything else. This is what I'm used to, or this is what I come home to every day. It's familiar. It's the familiar enemy. Shalom Aleichem, Bruchim Abayim, depression. Shalom Aleichem, anxiety. Suddenly, somebody starts telling a new story. Do me a favor, do me a favor. This is disturbing my comfort zone. But sometimes that new story is actually a divine story. And when that happens, it creates a lot of opposition. That's why, yeah. why did the Baal Shem create so much opposition? 
because he started to tell a new story, but not a new story that undoes the old story, that undoes the old story. A new story that brings the old story to a new place. That's the difference. There are those who tell a new story because they want to throw away the old story. It's called reforming. <laughs> reforming the old. It's not good. There's telling a new story because there's a new energy. There's a new revelation. The Eibishteret. Noisen HaToyre Loshen Hashem gives Torah now. Can you hear the Matan Torah of today? There's always a new story. Every moment is a new story. There's the story of Yiddishkeit pre-Gaula. There's the story of Yiddishkeit post-Gaula. What's the difference? Kairach is living in the post-Gaula Yiddishkeit. And he wants to implement it right here, right now, in the desert. And in that world, Gvura prevails over chesed. In that world, tzimtzum is much deeper than gilui. Divine containment is much more authentic than divine revelation. In that world, gashmias is much greater than ruchmias. And mayim tachtoinim is infinitely superior to mayim elyanim. And therefore, halach is like beishamai. Yechevra ha'toifas? Is kairach right? Of course he's right. But you could never get to that story if you do not first work through the old story. And in the old story, Mayim Pechtoinim is inferior to Mayim Elyonim. And Gashmias has to strive to get close to Ruchnias. And it's Simtsum, the divine concealment is only to be able to create the Keli, that you should be able to go back to the Oir. Like we learned in the Mayimah via Daita Moskva last year, you remember the Mayimah? The whole concept of how Tzimtzum works, the teacher and the student, the teacher contains the information, the teacher limits the information, compresses the information. Why? So that the student should be able to retain the information, not so that the student should say, I don't need you. So that the student should work with the limited information and ultimately access the deepest wisdom of the teacher. You remember those who learned via Daita with us? If you didn't, you should, and if you did, you should chazer. God filters his infinite light so that we should be able to receive it. I'm not infinity. I'm a finite guy. I don't know about you, but I know about me. The only way I could receive the divine energy is through a tzimtzum, like the student who needs metaphors and parables and allegories and explanations and illustrations. And what's the purpose of that concealment of the teacher? Not the concealment. That's not the purpose. Purpose is revelation. You remember we learned Hashem Hu Elikim. Hashem is revelation, Elikim is containment. But the truth of Elikim is it's also Hashem. It's just a form of revelation in a way that's accessible to the student. If I'm standing in front of an audience, I can have an amazing, brilliant message. It's going it may go way above their heads. <laughs> like some people felt last night with our Shir about uh Yavish be Yavish and Lach be Lach and Bittel in the Hefts and Bittel in the Gavre, Belezre be Shura Bakiva, right? If you're not steeped in this type of information or this type of learning, it, it just goes, whoa, and then I'm left with nothing. So you need Simtsum, Bishvil Hagilui. 
In order for the person to have revelation, you have to filter it. You have to contain yourself. You have to know how to communicate, how to speak. In a ver- Sometimes you have to completely conceal 99.9% of the energy because all of that will be overwhelming and the student will shut down. That was the Teichen of the Maim of to Moskva. Tzimtzum B'Shvil Hagili comes Koyrech and says, No, no. There's another story. There's the Gula story. In the Gaula story, Gashmis is deeper than Nuchnius, Maim Tachtoinim is superior to Maim Alyeinim, Tzimtzum and Gvur is deeper than Chesed. Is Koyrech right or is that right? So it's fascinating. Koyrech is 100% right. But the baby cannot be born prematurely. You cannot extract the baby. That is, the fetus is just developing. It did not reach full term yet. You do not take the baby out now. It's a premature child. And what happens is, what happens is, you may never get to your destination. You have to allow the process to develop in order to reach your ultimate destination. Kairachol. You want the gula. You want the new story, but you can't get that. And that's the ultimate story. It's the story where Gashmias will ultimately become the place that is more true than Ruchnias, but you cannot get to that story. If you start off with Halacha Kebe Shama, you first have to have Halacha Kebe Hillel, and Beis Hillel is Chesed, and the Gevurah must be secondary and subservient to the Chesed. The Gilui has to reign supreme, and the Tzimtzum has to be Bishvil HaGilui. But we all know that there is a secret here. And the secret is that there is something in the symptom that the Gilui does not have. And let me explain what that is. What's the secret that the symptom has that the Gilui doesn't have? We look at filters as a method for revelation. If I contain the energy, you can get it. If I don't contain it, you can lose it. Meaning the whole purpose of containment is what? To give you the energy. This is called Simpson Bishvil Hagilu. But there's something else. I hope you guys are with me. I don't know. I don't see <laughs> I don't see the matzips. I hope you're with me. Okay. If you really get this. It could, it's, it's, it's very powerful stuff. Whenever I express myself, by definition, the expression is limited. Because what is expression? Expression means the way you experience me, and you can only experience me according to your instruments. So expression is always filtered and limited. Or to put it differently, the gilui of Elikos always comes with a tzimtzum. The teacher communicates to the student, even to himself, with a tzimtzum. There's always containment. What about in my lack of expression? If you can touch my silence, you're touching a much deeper place of me because you're touching something that's unfiltered, that's not communicated, and hence it's not compressed. It's not limited. It remains infinite. The problem is, how do you have access to my silence? You don't. 
You only have access to my words. I may also not have access to my silence. I may only have access to my words. And because you only have access to my words, therefore, you can only grasp that which words can contain. But what about my deepest essence, which is not revealed? Here, there's no way to grasp it. There's no way to touch it. When the Rebbeinu Shalolam compresses his infinite light to create a world, there's two stages. There's the Tzimtzum, and there's what's called the Kav. The Tzimtzum is the containment of the infinite, the suspension of the infinite light, in order to create an empty space where there could be a recipient. The Kav is the divine energy that now is filtered and tailored and custom-made for the creation. That's called the Kav the ray of light that comes into the post-Tsimtsum reality. So there's two stages. Tsimtsum is creating an empty space devoid of divine infinity. Divine infinity is not manifested there. And then Hashem gives a little minute, minuscule energy in Kabbalah. It's called the Kav, the Chut, the line, the thread, which creates and sustains and invigorates and vivifies all of the worlds. That's called the Kav. What's the purpose of the Tsimtsum for the Kav? God has to create an empty space devoid of infinity so that there could be a world and human beings who can receive his light. Back to the teacher. The teacher empties his head from all of his genius, creating an empty space devoid of his energy so that now he can filter, give to the student filtered energy, very filtered, limited energy. The purpose of Hashem's tzimtzum, of Hashem's containment, is bishvil hagilui to give. That's true. But now let's go one step deeper. In the, in the gilui of Hashem, the revelation of Hashem, there's a lot of limits. Because again, it's revealed according to what we can receive. But in the tzimtzum of Hashem, His ability to conceal Himself, that energy is unfiltered, it's undiluted. The problem is I can't access that. But if I would be able to access that, if I could see in the world the manifestation of tzimtzum, what am I seeing? I'm seeing the essence itself. I'm not seeing the revelation. I'm seeing the essence that's unlimited. Because in God's silence, there's pure infinity. It's not limiting itself to the vessels of the student because it's not revealing itself. It's about absolute containment. It's his ability to be not. To be or not to be is the question. To be or to be not. The Kav represents God's ability to be. The Tzimtzum represents God's ability to be not, to hold back, to be contained. That the revelation doesn't have to go out. That is the essence itself. Because it doesn't have to accommodate anybody because it's all about absence. If you can touch that absence, if you can touch that silence, you have touched the ultimate truth. That's why Kairach says, if you can touch the divinity and the tzimtzum, you're touching something much more authentic than the godliness and the kav. The godliness that's revealed in the worlds, that's always limited, it's always filtered, it's always finite, even the highest worlds, because it's based on the vessel. But the godliness that's not revealed, the godliness that's contained, the silence that's manifested in the world, that touches the deepest essence. That is the essence. 
The problem is we can't touch it because it's not revealed. But Kairach says, don't you realize that the concealment of God in the physical world, that's much more God than the godliness you'll ever access in the physical world. The concealment of God in the physical world, the tzimtzum, that creates our physical world is much deeper than the revelations of godliness in the physical world. Because these are not mitigated, these are not compromised, these are not diluted. It's it's him himself. <laughs> because he's not adjusting himself to anybody. It's not the silence of the teacher that's manifested in the tzimtzum is much deeper than anything the teacher will say. Can you touch that silence? Can you touch the secret of that silence? Can you touch the secret of the body? If you could, you touch something much deeper than Giloy. So Kairach said, don't cry. This is where it is. This is where it's at. Shayrish HaGashmiz is deeper than Shayrish HaRuchniz. Shayrish HaTzimtzum is deeper than Shayrish HaKav. He's right, but he's so wrong. Because you will never get to that place if you do not first work through the whole process of revelation. And if you try to get to that place prematurely, you can end up with nothing. The tzimtzum will just drive you so far away from the truth that you can end up in the quagmire of the abyss. You have to be able to celebrate the tzimtzum only after you cry for the tzimtzum. If you don't cry for the tzimtzum, you'll never be able to celebrate it. If the Mayim Tachtoinim don't cry, you'll never be able to celebrate it. If you don't feel the distortion of it, the void, you'll never be able to come and see the truth of it. You have to be able to see the distortion in order then to be able to see that on a deeper level, there's no distortion whatsoever. On a deeper level, this containment is really giving you access to the ultimate truth that can't be revealed in Isis. It can't be accessed through Caleb. And the only way you can get there, though, is if there is the process of, of, of frustration. I think I need Isis here for it. <laughs> I think I need Isis here for this. This is very... Uh, Let's see how the Rebbe applies this to life. Al derech zel b'avaydes adam, shagam sheyashisin b'avaydes b'chaldu rechechadei while avaydes the Torah mitzvahs. Shaydei avaydes b'chaldu rechechadei yidias alakosi gam binyan yoyelam b'chaldu rechechav mikal makayim mechdei shaaske b'divrei harishus derechechayiyu beif shinyan yoyelam yifalu bayiri dechas v'shalom. Vahem <laughs> What is he saying? There's two parts of life. There's a life of Torah mitzvahs, 
And there's a life called Bechol Drachecha De'eyu. It says in Mishlei, in all your ways you should know him. What does it mean in all your ways? It means involvement in our world. It could be hiking. It could be building an incredible business. It can be traveling the world, eating, drinking, sleeping, celebrating life in all of its facets. In all your ways, you should know him. This David of Torah mitzvahs, that's Kedusha. I learn Torah, I daven, I do a mitzvah, I put on tefillin, I give tzedakah, I celebrate Shabbos. That's how the Torah of Kedusha, Ruchmias. This David of Bechol Ruchecha In all your ways you should know him, in all your ways. Whatever that work is, your vocation, your career, your business, whether you're a therapist, whether you're a psychologist, whether you're a physician, a dentist, a lawyer, an accountant, a videographer, a plumber, an electrician, or a naturalist, or a gardener, even a teacher. Whatever your vocation is, on all your ways you should know him. Both that which you do as a vocation and that which you do as, you know, your extracurricular activities, your hobbies, etc. Which one is greater? Which one is greater? Here is where this act, this whole debate comes to life. Kairach says, Bechod was much deeper than Torah Mitzvahs. Torah Mitzvahs is Mayim al but we like Mayim Tachtarinim. And you know what? There is something true about this. The Rebbe says, You get to see God in the world. In your ways you should know Him. I become in touch with the Divine in the kitchen, in the office, in my travels, in my experiences of life. This is what we call Inyan Ereshus, which is greater. Kairach says, of course, Bechol Rechecha De'eyu trumps Torah Mitzvahs. But we know is much deeper. In the world, you'll find everything. But Kairach made a huge mistake. And this balance is so delicate. It's such a delicate balance. Kairach is talking about a new story. He's talking about a story of Geula. But that story you have to be ready for. Because if you go to that story prematurely, you could lose that story. You can obliterate that story. And we come back again to the Tzimtzum. I need you to understand this. I'm going to get very, uh, I'm, I'm going to feel very empty if you don't understand this. <laughs> I'm going to feel very, uh, what's the word? Uh, unsuccessful, like a failure if you don't understand this. Okay, I'll have to do my own therapy. Where do you see more of God? In his concealment or in his revelation? (laughs) Where do you see more of God? In his revelation, right? But that's not true. You see much more of God in his concealment. You know why? Because that's why he's concealed there. Because he can't be revealed. Because it's too deep. 
It's too deep to be revealed. So if you could see God there, you see everything. Problem is you can't see. It's the sound of silence. The sound of silence is always going to be infinitely louder than the sound of noise, won't it? Friends, can the sound of silence be heard? Contradiction in terms. If I hear the sound of silence, it's not silence anymore. Shh, silence. <laughs> My brother told me this great joke. <laughs> I love jokes about Soviet communists because I grew up in a home. My parents both grew up in communist Russia. So I appreciate what they went through. So there was this fellow in the Soviet Union who gets up one day in the in one of the marketplaces in Moscow and he says, <laughs> Khrushchev, Khrushchev was the leader of the Soviet Union after Stalin. He says, Khrushchev is a Weltsmashugana. He's the quintessential insane nutjob. No, the KGB hears, they immediately arrest him, of course. This was the paradise of communism. And he goes to trial. He gets two life sentences. Two life sentences in Siberia. Each one 100 years. 200 years in Siberia. Why two? There was a double crime. Double crime is, first of all is, he insulted the leader of the Soviet Union. He said he's a Meshuggah a Weltsmashugana, a world-renowned crazy man. He insulted the leader, a hundred years Siberia. Why the second hundred years? You reveal the state secret. That Khrushchev is a Meshuggah is a state secret. You, this is, you reveal the state secret. Lahavdil, when you reveal a state secret, it's not a secret anymore. If the sound of silence can be heard, can it be silent? But if you could hear the sound of silence through your own silence, through listening to your own silence, you will touch the essence much more than any noise. Where is God more? In that which is concealed or that which is revealed? Of course in that which is concealed. That's why it's concealed, because the essence is there. Have you understand what Kairach is saying? He's saying, Gashmias, that's where it's at. Ruchmias, Ruchnius is the filter. Who wants filters? We want the truth. Where's the truth? In the Gashmi. Is he right? There's the story of Mashiach. It's the story of Gola. There's only one way you're going to get there. You can only get to the sound of divine silence when you can first appreciate the divine revelation and be frustrated by the concealment. The Mayim Tachtoinim must cry. The Gvura must be subservient to Chesed. What is this in a person's Avaida? Kairach says, Bechal is greater than Torah Mitzvah. It's finding God in the world. Not escaping to the Beis Medrash. It's, it's finding God in the office. It's finding God in your paperwork. <laughs> it's finding God in your body. It's finding God in the gym. It's finding God, I wanted to say in the restaurant, but I don't know if that's a good one. It's finding God in your material life. Is he right? This is very, very sensitive. Because generally, when I immerse myself in the world on its own, 
It will often create a yirida. It's going to schlep me down into the concealment of the tzimtzum, not into the truth of the tzimtzum. The only way to be able to have a healthy attitude to the world where not only does it not schlep you away from godliness, but on the contrary, you could see the hashgacha protest, the divine providence in every experience, in every encounter, even when you're stuck in traffic or you're traveling in the leaf and in the tiny worm and in every experience you're having, wherever it is at home or at work and your involvement in the world is only if you have the kol ma'asachel Hashem shamayim, which is the focus that all of your deeds are for the sake of heaven. In other words, that the whole purpose here is that you should be able to increase in your Torah and mitzvahs. And that's why you do what is necessary to be able to support yourself and do what you need. But your main focus is you want to go to Torah and mitzvahs. Then, when you go back to the world, you'll be able to see the lakus in the world. You'll be able to see b'chol But if you don't have that frustration, meaning my life is a life of Torah, my life is a life of mitzvahs. That's where I am. That's who I am. Yes, I'm involved in the world, but I use every opportunity to be able to to have more Torah, to have more mitzvahs. Like it says, have a memayid be'esek v'asek b'toyedah, say seros chakva, as it says in Pekiyav. Then when you confront the world, you could see God in that world. Without that, if what happens is, Kairach's vision, what's Kairach's vision? Kairach's vision is the tzimtzum is greater. So if the tzimtzum is greater, then b'chol d'rochecha is much greater than Torah and mitzvahs. It's like, this is where it's at. There's a great danger. I'm not going to reveal the infinity in the Gashmias. The superficiality of the Gashmias will schlep me away because of its sheer uh, power. Becomes a, it's, it's, it's a lure, it's attractiveness, it's appeal. That suddenly becomes the tachlis and you never get to the ultimate core of it, the ultimate purpose. When you're frustrated by the void of the tzimtzum and you try to overcome it, then you can ultimately reach the core which you don't have to overcome because that becomes the purpose itself. In therapy words, for those who like it in therapy words, what does this mean? That which we don't say, that which is contained in our essence, that which is not revealed those parts of us that are contained by deep, deep fear or deep, deep trauma, they have the seat to your essence. They have, they have the, 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 the secret to your core. But the only way you can get to that secret is if you cry about those experiences, if you weep it, if, if and then from those tears, you'll be able to see that those experiences ultimately contain your deepest truth and your deepest goodness and your deepest purpose. But if you do this prematurely, if you sit down by the therapist and he says, okay, let's celebrate everything you're traumatized by. <laughs> you're done. You just destroyed the person. This is kairach. You get swallowed up. Wow, okay. 
Okay, so I, I'm fin- we'll, fin- we'll stop here, even though this Maimah continues. We'll continue Monday morning, 7.30 a.m. Uh, if you want over Shabbos, you should print it out and continue it. You could continue, finish the Maimah over Shabbos on your own. And Bezer Hashem will continue this on Monday. Let me take some questions here, if anybody has questions. Zoom chat. Okay. Let's get this chat here, and I'll take questions from the chat, and then I'm going to take questions from the yeshiva.net. <laughs> okay. Comment number one. If you use the word atzmos, it will help explain this. Touching atzmos, touching the totality of Hashem. The ruchnius is a poor copy of the original light versus the darkness. Yes, this is very well said. The gilui of Hashem is oir, it's the light of Hashem. And the light is a limited manifestation, even in the highest worlds. The darkness in our world is a reflection of what? It's a reflection of the essence of Hashem, what we call atzmos, which is not communicated in a revealed way. Because anything that's communicated in a revealed way is light. That's what light is. What's light? Light gives me the ability to see. Light is that aspect of you that lends itself to revelation. But that which doesn't lend itself to the revelation is dark. So where do I have more of you? In your light or in your darkness? I have much more of you in your darkness. The problem is, I don't have it because it's dark. But if I could access it, then I access you yourself. And when I access you yourself, ah, I have the real truth. You understand what Kairach was saying? Kairach understood. He understood the first half of Chassidus. He didn't understand this. He understood the second half of Chassidus. He didn't understand the first half of Chassidus. <laughs> Kairach understood the second half of Chassidus. He didn't understand the first half of Chassidus. The second half of Chassidus is that the Tzimtzum is deeper than everything. That Atzmus is in the Guf, in the Gashmis. That he understood. What he didn't understand is you're never going to get there if the Gashmis is not bottled to the Ruchnius. If the Gvur is not bottled to the Chesed. If Maim Tachtoinim is not crying because it wants Maim Malyayna. Yeah, yeah, very well said. Okay, now let me go to the other source of questions. Now, I, I, I'm not expecting that everybody should understand this as I from the Shia. You have to chaza this because it's deep, it's deep stuff. These are new concepts. These are new concepts. And even if you grew up hearing these concepts, when you get older, you realize that it's very hard to understand it, and therefore you need to, uh, you need to really chazer and think about it, etc. Okay, let's go to the comments here and uh, take a few questions. Does this mean that we will see Hashem when Hashem reveals Himself to the world? And that's what it means when Mashiach comes, Hashem will reveal Himself. Yes, v'niglukvayd Hashem, very good. Next, perhaps that is why Kairach was punished with a new creation to punish Him. He wanted to bring a new world in the inappropriate time, so a new creation was made to take Him away. 
But the Bnei Kairach still remain under earth, awaiting their time to come back in the future. In other words, Moshe says, Imbriya Chadasha, Imbriya Chadasha, Yivra Hashem. Why Imbriya Chadasha? Imbriya Chadasha, Yivra Hashem. Why Imbriya Chadasha? Because Kairach wanted to tell a new story. And because he wanted to tell a new story, so therefore he got a new creation. That's one level, that's true, but there's something much deeper than that. And that we'll see a little later in the Maimer, that the unique consequence of what happened there, what happened to Kairach? He was swallowed up in the earth. Hevri, you get it? He was swallowed up in the earth. What's Pshari was swallowed up in the earth? <laughs> you get it now? Kairach celebrated the earth. He celebrates the earth. So what happens? He got swallowed up in it. Instead of seeing the Atmos, <laughs> instead of seeing the Atmos and Gashmias, you get caught up in the addiction, in the concealment, in the dysfunction, in the lie. Suddenly the trauma becomes your celebrate, you're celebrating your trauma, your dysfunction. Or in Avoid it means. Instead of seeing the lakus in the Gashmias, I get lost. It becomes a, a distorted life, an alienating life, a, an alienated, a lonely life. I get swallowed up by the tzimtzum. I don't reveal the truth. I get swallowed up. The silence allows for the greatest distortions. I'm going to tell you something very deep now. Very deep. Everybody knows, many of you grew up with parents or grandparents who did not know how to say, I love you. MS? There was a whole generation, many generations did not say, I love you. So everybody's in therapy. My father never told me, my mother never told me, my grandmother never told me, my grandfather never told me. So what do we do today in America? How many times do you tell your kids, I love you? How many times a day? How many times a day? What's the Minig America? He's the Minigan Bells. So people sometimes say it 300 times a day, 20 times a day, 50 times a day. Their father, they never heard it from once. They heard it maybe once, twice, three times, maybe. So this is a, this is a struggle that people have. But there's something deeper here. And forgive me if I'm not going to be now uh, such a good therapist. I want to say something, and that is, sometimes people didn't say I love you, not only because they were emotionally constipated, and because they were distorted, and because they were traumatized, and because they didn't know how to feel their emotion. That's true. But there's something much deeper than that. Sometimes they didn't say I love you, because the love was much deeper and the communication of the words, I love you, would actually compromise it. It would dilute it. They wanted, unconsciously, that you should experience the love in the, in the essence. Not because they didn't love, but because the love that is communicated through emotion by definition, is a much more limited form of love, and sometimes it can even be a little superficial. The love of silence is much deeper. It comes through the eyes. It comes through behavior. 
But the problem is, we don't always detect silence. <laughs> How do you detect silence? So therefore, your father may love you with every fiber of his being, but your the lack of communication never allowed you to touch that silence. But we have to understand this. It's not always, you know, they were dysfunctional and we're functional. It's not so simple. <laughs> I know it's a mitzvah to say that everybody was dysfunctional till 2020. And we living in America in 2020, we are the healthy ones because we're all in therapy or we become therapists. I know that's very popular, but it's not true. <laughs> I'm now saying heresy. <laughs> Some of it is true. Some of it is not true. It's a very sensitive thing. It's a very sensitive, very sensitive issue. It's not so partial. So silence, you have to be able to detect. This was a very good Ha'ada, whoever said this about the swallowing up. I see it's anonymous, so I don't know who you are. Okay, let me go to the next question. Zalmi. This is on the comments in the, in the yeshiva.net. Hi, Rabbi Wai. Why did Kairach mention Shamayim when he's talking about mezuzah and tzitzis? What does the Rebbe mean by the heaven between this world, up there, and, and down here? So listen to the previous shiurim, okay? We have on the yeshiva.net, this is shiur number three. Go to shiur two, and shiur one will be much clearer. You ask the question, which is greater? What's the real purpose? The lower worlds or the higher wasn't this question settled already before Kairach with Esav and Yaakov and Nadav and Avihu? This question is never settled. It's always happening. <laughs> this is the question of history. What's a good life? What's the real life? This is the question. Zevi, why did Kairach start up with Moshe? Well, he started up with Moshe because Moshe pointed Aaron. <laughs> Moshe pointed Aaron. That's why he started up with Moshe. Moshe was the boss. Moshe was the boss. Moshe is the one who spoke to God and said, Aaron is the Kayan God. Moshe says, Ubikashtam gam kuhuna. What do you have to be a Kayan for? And you see that Kairach wanted Aaron's position. He wanted to usurp Aaron's position. I'm 16 years old. Not nice. What about Tuesday when Wednesday took over Tuesday? No, no, no. Tuesday is Wednesday didn't obliterate Tuesday. Wednesday went back to the heavens. <laughs> but Wednesday is different. Wednesday, God created the luminaries to illuminate the earth. It's very different than Monday. Okay, question by Nebuchadnezzar. Which of the two Kitav said on Tuesday of creation came first? The one that was retroactively for Monday or the one that was actually for Tuesday? Well, why don't you look? Take a chumash and take a look. Here's, take a look in Bereshit. It's very important to learn Parshas Bereshit. I always tell you guys to learn chumash here. On Tuesday it says, Tachi Aritz Desha, right? And the earth gave, the earth, the earth, uh, it says, first first is the Tai is the for Monday, because it says, God said, let the water retreat to one place, and the dry land emerges, and he did that, and the Vayarilakim Kitoiv, that was for Monday, and then later, it speaks about the produce that, that emerged on Tuesday, and that's another Kitoiv. Huh? 
how do we apply all this to life? Well, I tried applying it to life. Uh, I guess we can always apply it more to life, but think, think about this. You have to think about it, learn about it. Why did Kairach make such a big machlaikas with Moshe? I told you because, because Moshe appointed Aaron. Kairach came after the Miraglim. Why didn't he learn from them? Excellent question. Excellent question. He did learn from them. Ooh, now you're touching something very, very deep. I'm going to say this in 20 seconds. We heard this also from the Rebbe. Learned from the Miraglim. What was the mistake of the Miraglim? Listen to this. What was the mistake of the Miraglim? They said, we want to stay in the desert. We don't want to go into Eretz Yisrael. You know why? Because we want Mayim El We don't want Mayim Tachtoinim. We don't want to go into Eretz Yisrael. We don't want to go become farmers and military men and politicians and businessmen and build infrastructures. We don't want that. We want Mayim El We want manna from heaven. We want clouds of glory. They wanted Mayim El Yonim, Mayim Tachtoinim, Boichin. That's what the spies wanted. And they made a tragic mistake because God wanted them to go into Eretz Yisrael and change the world, the physical world. So Kairach said, ah, you see? They're wrong. You know why they're wrong? Because God wants Mayim Tachtoinim, not Mayim Elyoinim. Why is Aaron the Kayin? Why is Moshe, Moshe the leader? And that's why he disputes Moshe and Aaron. This whole concept of spiritual leadership is a joke. It's a distortion of God. The essence is in the physical, not Moshe and Aaron. Moshe is, is Torah and Aaron is Kuhuna, Avoida. No, it's in the physical world. Wow. Gvur is deeper than Chesed. He learned from the spies, but he made a mistake. The spies were wrong because they didn't want Mayim Tachtoinim. Hashem wants Mayim Tachtoinim, and He wants the Mayim Tachtoinim to be able to experience the void of Mayim Tachtoinim, the frustration, the tears. And in that sense, the Mayim Tachtoinim bring you to a deeper place of Elyonim. And that's Simchas Beis Hasheva. What's Simchas Beis Hasheva? You took the Mayim Tachtoinim and you poured it on the Mizbeach, and then you danced more than you danced all year. Why was the dancing so deep? It's the dancing of the Balchuva. It's the Balchuva. That's why the Gemara says in Sukkah that all the songs of Simchas Beis Hasheva were about Tshuva. Why is that song at Simchas Beis Hasheva? Because that's the whole avoid of Mayim Tachtoinim. It's the distortion that brings to deeper revelation. Comes Kairach and says, no, you don't need deeper revelation. That was his mistake. That was his mistake. Okay, good, very good. Rabbi Isai, I love you. Am I allowed to say that? And uh, have a beautiful day and a beautiful Shabbos and an inspiring Shabbos and a meaningful Shabbos, Parshas Kairach. And uh, today, you know, we're in this transition between the old story and the new story because we're already in the energy of Gula. So there's this this transition. We have to be able to understand both sides very well. <laughs> it behooves us to understand it behooves us to understand the story of Kairach on both levels, where he was wrong and where he was right, and why he was wrong, so that we could prepare ourselves to the new story without making Kairach's mistake. Uh, I once heard from the Rebbe, he said, the first Rashi, it says, Kairach, what does Rashi say? Parshazu Yofen Nidreshes Bemedreshep Tanchuma. 
This parsha is beautifully elucidated and expounded on the mention of Nachum. It's very unusual Rashi. Parsha zu yofen idreshes. So the Rebbe Taicht al Pichsidis he said this parsha is a very ugly parsha. It's it's horrible. It's terrible what happens <laughs> after everything. Koirach makes this mutiny and he gets swallowed up. I mean it's a terrible story. So Rashi says, I want you to know parsha zu yofen idreshes. On the level of Drush, if you can go into the world of Drush, not the literal world, but if you go into the deeper layers, Yofen Idreshes, you'll see a beautiful story. The remez of this is in the Medrash of Rebbe Tanchumen, the Medrash Tanchumen from the word Tanchumen, solace, comfort, like Menachem, Menachem, Hamokem Yenachem, Zeyenachamenu. From the word of Nechamen, Nechamas Sien Vyushalayim, right? Vareinu Hashemalakech, Nechamas. It says, If you go into the world of Rebbe Tanchuma, you will see that this story is a story of Tanchuma, of comfort. In fact, Kairach wants Tanchuma. He wants Mashiach. He wants the Gula. He's already thinking about that world. And then you'll see Yafin Idreshes. There's very, a lot of beauty here. A lot of beauty here. Kairach Pikeach He wants Machloikas, not because... He's just a low life. On the literal pshat level, he just seems like a despicable narcissist. But there's a much deeper story here that Kairach wants to reveal the maila of the machlaikis between mayim tachtoinim and mayim alyoinim. The maila of the, of the gashmi over the ruchni. The maila of the gashmi over the ruchni. Chavre, have a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos. Psudas Toivis, the Shir, God willing, will resume next Monday, 730 a M. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.